Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome everybody to another episode of Navigating Solo. Today we have our guest, Sister Gayla Harden from Texas, and she is going to be telling us about her incredible testimony and her journey with her husband and her children and her ministry. So Sister Harden, thank you so much for being our guest and agreeing to join us today. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Well, you have quite a testimony, a quite a journey that you have gone through in your life and ministry. So I just wanted to start off with um, having you introduce yourself to our audience and first just telling us where you're from, um, briefly about your family, your girls and your ministry and anything else unique that you want to share with us. Okay. I am a Texan born and raised. Mm -hmm. um, my dad was a pastor here in Texas, so I grew up in ministry. And um, as far as something really unique about myself, you would never know by looking at me, but I'm Native American. Okay. Proud Native American. <laughs> okay. Auburn hair, light skin and all, but uh, mm -hmm. I am, I'm registered with a, an Indian tribe, the Potawatomi Nation, actually. And um, people can't believe it when I say that because I have nothing that looks Native American about me. But, but that, that shows I it. do have yeah. the proof. I do have the proof and I get the perks and I love that. So, um, <laughs> but I am still residing in Texas and um, I moved south after my husband passed away. I now live in a small town of Groves, which is close to the Beaumont area, about mm -hmm. as far south as you can go, southeast, I'm right on the coast. And um, my daughters live close by. So that's a, a great blessing to me in this season. But um, I'm a Texas girl, Southern all the way. And um, very blessed. You asked about my children and I had two beautiful daughters. When Greg passed away, it was, it was just the girls and I. And uh, I had lost my parents not long before I lost my husband. So there was nowhere for me to go home to when he died. And so I went through a season where I was really lost and so displaced. But um, through the years, God has granted us some tremendous blessings. And my daughters are now married and they have children. Mm -hmm. A cool thing about their story is that they married brothers. Oh, Okay. So, so that's very unique. It's not something mm -hmm. that happens often, no. but, but in my husband's family, his grandmother and her sister had married brothers. Okay. And then my mother-in-law and her sister married brothers. And I just found it such a God thing when my daughters connected and married these guys, it was just a little piece of Greg's family that we history that we get to carry mm -hmm. with us. And that was just a sweet moment and a blessing to us. But um, from that, I have four of the most wonderful grandchildren. Aww. And I am I'm loving that. It took a long time 
for me to have grandchildren in my life. Mm -hmm. But when God sent them, he sent them very quickly. And we've got our hands and our hearts full right now. But Mm -hmm. we're so blessed. Mm -hmm. How many grandchildren do you have? I have four. I have three boys and one girl. Okay. Okay. And what are their age ranges? One is turning four in December. And then I have a set of twin boys that will turn two in December and a granddaughter that will turn two in February. So I've got three babies right close together. Mm-hmm. They keep us busy. <laughs> and the twins, that is very cool. You got yes. family as well. That's incredible. Right. So. so I wanted you to kind of just start and talk to us about your ministry because we know you and your husband were part of ministry and you were raised, you know, in a pastor's home, minister's home doing that in Texas. But I wanted you kind of just to talk to us a little bit about that journey, first of all, ministry with your husband, kind of things that you were part of. And then we'll kind of talk also about, um, you know, the impact of your life um, after you lost your husband. So let's just talk about ministry first with your husband. Okay. Greg and I married at a very early age. He was 19. I was 18. And he, I knew that he had a call of God on his life. And we had gotten engaged in June, I believe, of 1982. Had a very quick courtship. We married five months later. And, uh, but we had been friends for two years prior. So uh, we had a good a good relationship before we started dating. And so our courtship didn't take very long. You know, we knew what God was leading us toward. And, and so right before we were to marry the Lord totally rearranged our plans and he received a call from his uncle who was brother Charles Cobb from Sarah land, Alabama. And uncle Charles wanted Greg to come and work with him and his church And when I look back at that moment, we had our life planned. We were going to live in Meridian, Texas. We had already put a down payment on a home and we were just going to live happily ever after in central Texas because that was home to him. Mm -hmm. But the Lord called him to Alabama. And when I look back and I see how God orchestrated things, he had a plan even then that after Greg passed, I could look back with such gratitude on the earliest memories that I had with him and how God was in control and how he was ordering our steps. So we moved to Sarah land and it was there that brother Calk helped Greg get started in ministry and he mentored him and he helped him with getting his license. And then we started evangelizing from there and went into pastoring We came back to Texas to pastor, um, pastored in a little town in North Texas by the name of Iowa Park for 20 years. Wonderful, wonderful years. Um, An incredible church. Uh, It was a church that my dad had pastored when I was a child. So it was familiar territory for me. Uh, Ministry, like I said, was just it was a part of who I was. And so for me to go back and be blessed to be the pastor's wife with those precious people that I had known from the time I was about 10 years old, um, that was such a joy and such an honor. And it was a marvelous journey for 20 years. And then the Lord called us to another place. And it 
it took some work for him to tear my heart away from Iowa Park. Um, that's where my children were born. My parents had retired at that time and moved to be with us. Mm-hmm. So I was leaving my home. I was leaving my family. But I knew that I could trust Greg's judgment and his relationship with God to not lead us wrong. And so I told the Lord in prayer one day, I said, I do not want to do this. I do not want to go to Comanche, Texas. I don't like it there. I don't want to be there. But I told the Lord, I said, I will go if this is your will. And I did not tell my husband that I had prayed that prayer until much later. But I trusted God and him. And we moved after 20 amazing years and a a growing, thriving church. And we moved to Central Texas and pastored there for the the remaining 10 years of his life. And it was a wonderful journey. And, you know, when I look back and I see the way things happened in our lives, God placed us in in the care of people in that congregation that could love us and be understanding with us through a journey that we had no idea we were embarking on, but God knew. And he placed us in that church with those tremendous people. And they were with us until Greg passed away. And I'm so grateful for that. Greg and I were married 34 years and it was an amazing journey. He was a very consistent man, very, very stable in every way and just an amazing dad, amazing husband and a tremendous pastor. And so losing him was a total world change for me. Yeah. And what beautiful memories that you have. And you talk about your husband being stable and being consistent. And I think as a single woman, that is the thing that we pray for is consistency and um, somebody that you know who uh, has judgment that mm-hmm. is aligned with God. So yeah. what a beautiful thing that you have had for those 34 years. Um, so I wanted to kind of just transition as you're talking about this amazing ministry that you and your husband had together and the how things change. So kind of just talk to us a little bit about and about the death of your husband and maybe some of the medical things, the things that you kind of went through before um, the Lord took him. Okay. After we moved to Comanche in 2006, we had only been there seven or nine, I believe it was nine months Mm -hmm. when he started feeling just extremely depleted is the only way I know to describe it. He didn't have any other symptoms other than just no energy. Um, his family had a blood disorder called thalassemia. And we thought, well, maybe it was that, you know, because it makes you extremely tired. So he went for some blood work and his blood work did not come back good. So then things began to progress and he went for biopsies and all of that. And at the age of 44 was diagnosed with prostate cancer, very aggressive prostate cancer. Um, his prognosis at that time, they said that his life expectancy would be probably five years. Mm-hmm. And, um, he went through the surgery. He did all of the things that he 
was instructed to do by the physicians. We had the greatest of care that we could find at the time, you know, and um, he, he immediately, of course, had, had deficits in his life from that time forward, but he was such an amazing person and he never, he never allowed his situation to make him have highs or lows that were visible. I know he had them internally. He had to because he was human, you know, but he was so stable and so consistent in life that he, his words were, I'm a plotter and I will plod my way through anything. And he did. It was a journey that lasted nine years, mm-hmm. but I mean, he beat the odds. He made it past the five-year mark, you know, with flying colors, so to speak. I mean, obviously he didn't do it <laughs> great because he passed, but crazy. it's a crazy journey. He went through the radiation um, after the surgery and uh, really the radiation was the worst part because it created such long-term issues that when the cancer really went crazy, there was nothing they could do about it because so much radiation had been done that it left him with very few options at that point. But um, God was good through it all, you know, and before Greg's diagnosis, and I will, I will just take a little turn right here and tell you this neat story because it goes, it dovetails with everything else that's happened in my life. But the Lord spoke to Greg on a Sunday morning. He was on his way to church and there was a storm brewing, an ugly storm coming from the east. And he said the trees were just whipping in the wind and the clouds were black. And he said he looked up and the Lord spoke to him and said, you know, I can stop this storm. And Greg said, I just responded back to him and said, well, Lord, I know you can. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, then trust me with the other things in your life that you cannot control. And he said, uh, initially it scared him because he thought, okay, what's coming, you know, but he went on to church and he filed that away. And about two weeks later, he got the cancer diagnosis. And even in the worst of times, and there were some terrible, terrible times, Mm -hmm. we were just enveloped with peace. Mm -hmm. That was so amazing. And that is a beautiful story that you just told about your husband, you know, having God kind of speak to him and, and uh, understanding, you know, that something was coming, but also that God was in control, that he can do what only he can yes. and being able to give so much peace in that storm, in that nine year storm. So I kind of wanted to transition again and just kind of talk about after your husband died after those nine years and, and that could not have been easy. And I know that you said that the Lord has put so much strength in you. Um, but I wanted to ask, um, what have been some of the major things that you have faced as a single adult after your the death of your husband and finding yourself single again, being married at age 18 and being married for all of that time? What were some of those things that you found that uh, the changes that happened in your life that were were a struggle? I think to start in the beginning, right when he passed away, I had been a pastor's wife for 30 years. Mm. I had been blessed. And sometimes I've said it's a curse at sometimes and a blessing at other times. But I always counted it a blessing until I faced the other side of it to always be a stay at home mom. I didn't have to work outside the home. Mm -hmm. I was very involved with the church situations. I worked within the church. 
very involved in the music, um, teaching, helping in every, every aspect like pastor's wives do. But when he died, that last breath and that last heartbeat took all of that. It was, and I didn't realize it at the moment, but it didn't take me long to come to the realization that all of that had gone with him at that mm-hmm. point. And it took several years for me to really lend myself, I guess I should say, probably to really yield myself back to ministry mm-hmm. because initially I felt like the call of God that I had worked under for 34 years and previously my dad's calling, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, from 18 and I mean, from birth to 18, I was under my dad's umbrella of ministry, even though I was very involved in his ministry, it was his, you know? And so I found myself viewing it as, okay, Greg is gone and I'm not going to try to hold on to any of those things that we had together in ministry, because I felt like that was a call of God on his life. And I relinquished all of my duties, all of my responsibilities. God moved me to a great church and I sat on the pew, um, had a tremendous pastor for a very short period of time. And then I had another transition. But when I, when I look back, I had also been a caregiver for nine years. Mm-hmm. And as a long-term caregiver, if you do it with all your heart, you lose yourself mm-hmm. in that process. So all of that coupled with all of the ministry changes put me in a position where I had to go somewhere and try to discover who I was. Mm-hmm. So I relinquished the ministry thing and I tried my best. I really tried so hard to go the other direction. I went to phlebotomy school. I loved it. Um, that I picked an interest through Greg's illness. It just really intrigued me. And I thought, I'll go that direction. That never blossomed as bad as I wanted it to. It never materialized. I finished my schooling and, and moved on to the next geographical location. But also, I moved on in the workforce. And I went to work for Lockheed Martin. Another crazy turn that I would have never dreamed in 2020, you know, COVID hit in early 21, God directed me to Colorado. I've got wonderful friends and family there. Mm -hmm. And he took me on a journey. And when I boarded the plane, I remember having my mask on and I was crying behind that mask most of the way thinking, God, I'm on a quest. And I'm determined to find you and to find your will for my life. Having no clue. I thought I was taking a two month leave of absence from my job. And then I would go back and work at Lockheed Martin and continue life as I knew it. Mm -hmm. But God had another plan. And in that stay in Colorado, God began to open doors that placed me back in ministry. And I had speaking engagements, things that in, in areas that I had never been engaged in before, Mm -hmm. but God took me on that journey. I had tried so desperately this whole time to seek him and to find his will and to find my purpose in this life without my husband and without Mm -hmm. his ministry, you know, 
But God moved in such an incredible way. That journey ended up changing everything in my life. Mm-hmm. And the Lord directed me to not go back to Lockheed Martin, but to take a step of faith and to trust him. So I had sold my home. I had quit my job. And I spent the next two years seeking God. And last year in September, I bought a small home here with my girls. Mm -hmm. But God from, from 2021 in February, God began to open doors and open areas of ministry to me that are mine with his help. Mm-hmm. And he has placed me in areas and he's placed me in ministries that I didn't think I didn't think I would ever be involved again in music ministry. But God placed me in this church and I'm in the ministry team mm-hmm. with music. I'm involved in ministry here with teaching the young adults. Mm-hmm. I occasionally teach on a Wednesday night. If, if we're in a series, pastor may have me speak to the congregation, the body. And so. I am, I am walking through every door that God opens for me. And I don't know what ministry is supposed to look like, you know, for someone in my position. My concept was so tied to what my husband and I shared that, that me having a ministry outside of that, I had no definition for that, you know, but I've just told the Lord, you open a door and I will walk through it. Because while I was in Colorado, I realized I, life might have taken me out of ministry, but it didn't take ministry out of me. Mm-hmm. And I came to that realization and I thought, okay, God, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to see where you lead me. Mm-hmm. And I have such contentment in that. And one other thing, I mentioned losing my parents before I lost my husband and before my mom passed. 20 months before my husband died, she and I were together one night and she told me, she said, Gayla, God spoke to me and I don't know what it means. Mm. And I said, well, you know, if mother said God spoke, I knew he did and Mm -hmm. I could count on that. So she told me, she said, he told me that you're going to have a ministry separate and apart from Greg. And I told her, I said, well, I don't like the the sound of that mom. I said, it sounds to me like I'm going to lose him too. You know, 15 months prior, I had lost my dad. I'm losing her within days. And I know that. And then she tells me I'm probably going to lose my husband because the way she worded it, she didn't say a ministry separate from Greg's. She said, God said, you will have a ministry separate and apart from Greg. Mm -hmm. And that just stung me, Mm -hmm. you know, but I told her, I said, "I, I can't worry about that. I said, I cannot imagine life without Greg, but if God has designed that to happen, he will lead me and he'll guide me and I'm not going to worry about it. And I just let it go. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that 20 months later, I would lose Greg. And that word from her would be a touchstone Mm -hmm. that has carried me to this day. I really love that you're talking about there's so many people that can, can identify with this story that you're telling of trying to find your own ministry and your own identity outside of your husband, outside of your father, and just going through whatever door that God has opened up to you. But what another beautiful story and, and just something that God put in your mother's heart to speak yes. to you 
And so kind of understanding that, yes, you know what, um, I am supposed to have a ministry, even that wasn't how you imagined, but in the ministry that I am doing on my own, this was God knew. God knew what was all going to happen. And so I'm just walking in it. I'm just going to do what God has asked me and has called me to do. And so that is just a, something that so many can um, identify with that, trying to find your own identity. You also talked about being a caregiver for nine years and losing so much of your identity yes. and then having to find that again and, and having to find God's will for your life. Um, so I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I just wanted to kind of ask you also, what would you like to say to anyone who has gone through a similar situation? Because I know that there are so many that have, that are going through this right now, um, maybe have just lost their spouse or have lost their spouse 10 years ago and are still trying to figure things out. What are some encouraging words that you'd like to, to give to our singles who have been in this similar situation? You know, you made a statement that I think about from time to time. If I meet someone who has lost their spouse or even gone through a divorce, whatever it is. But if I meet someone that has that seems stuck in a particular place in their journey, I try to encourage them because it's not the will of God for us to not make progress. And I know it's difficult. It is so difficult. And I think every, I've made this statement to so many people through the years, but grief to me is as personal as my fingerprint or my DNA. Mm -hmm. No two of us are going to do it the same way. If, if, if I did it like you and you did it like me, we would be doing it wrong for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, it has got to be done the way that fits each individual. And, and to me, I realized that going through my process because you get a lot of advice on how you need to do things. And mm -hmm. a lot of it's useless. I, I'm sorry to say, but a lot of it is useless because a lot of advice comes from people that haven't been there yet, you know, so they can see what they think we should be doing. And I can't tell anyone what to do. I can share my experience and say, this is what helped me. But getting stuck was one thing that I refused to do. Mm. I did not want to be stuck in the grief. I did not want to be stuck in my process of healing and, and continue in a cycle. Um, I did not know what I was going to face, but I remember making a very bold proclamation at my husband's viewing when people came to me asking what my plan was. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a plan B. I planned for God to heal him or sustain him. Mm -hmm. I did not plan to live life without Greg. Even after nine years, I just didn't, you know. And so I remember making a bold statement. I don't know what I'll do, but I'm going to position myself for whatever God has. There's a right and wrong way for me to do it. And I just want to do it right. You know, whatever that meant. So when I found myself getting stuck in my journey, I had to remind myself, you made a declaration. So you've got to keep your word and forward progress is an absolute must. Mm -hmm. It was for me. And so I would say to anyone, you're, you need to take your time in grieving, mm -hmm. but don't allow yourself to be stuck. Mm -hmm. Don't stay isolated too long. You, you will have a period of isolation and you need it. I think that's where I found myself mm -hmm. was in that isolation. You know, I really had to look hard at 
who I was and who God wanted me to become and make those two merge to create who I am today. Mm-hmm. So isolation is important, but you can't let that become your life. Right. And yeah. you've got to press through that and grow through that um, and embrace as much as we don't like it. We have to embrace what has happened to us mm-hmm. and, and learn what God is trying to teach us through the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't feel like that I'm the same person that I was seven years ago when Greg passed away, but we can't afford to get stuck in the process. We've got to take deliberate steps forward. It's hard work. It's painful work, but it's necessary. And it's what God has for us. It's his will that we work through our grief because he has something on the other side of that, that he is shaping us and molding us. He has a work for us to fit into on the other side of that, when we have reached a degree of healing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so I would definitely would say, do not become stuck Mm -hmm. in the process. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about that. You mentioned isolation, I think in solitude and isolation, and those are two separate things. It's okay to have some solitude and to take some time to kind of figure things out. And so I appreciate that, that you also mentioned, you know, don't get stuck. (laughs) <laughs> don't get stuck. Even if you have going through grief, just make sure that you just don't get stuck in it. Right. Another thing I would say too, it doesn't matter where you are in your process. You have something you can share with others. And for me, I had no clue how to deal with grief at this level. You know, when my husband died, that was grief at an all new level for me. I had lost brothers. I had lost my parents, but not my spouse. Mm -hmm. And so that is a level of pain and a level of loss that is unbelievable. And at times you feel like it's absolutely unbearable. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing and how I was processing life, you know, but two months or one month after my husband died, a friend of mine lost her husband suddenly. And I I had to grab my phone and reach out to her. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to say other than, I understand your heart and I, I love you. You know, you're not alone. A a month passed and another friend of mine lost her husband suddenly to a heart attack. And I found in that because of the ministry, that was just part of who I was. It was easy for me to give of myself to both of those ladies at that time. And that set me on a path. And I've continued that through my process I don't have to have an answer for anyone, but I can reach out and just say, I love you. I understand the pain that you're feeling right now. You're not by yourself. I'm here. You're going to make it and give a word of encouragement. Mm -hmm. And so wherever you are in your journey for anyone that's going through loss, don't hesitate to reach out and minister to others. And I'm, I'm reminded of what the scripture says about Job. The Bible says that, that, God turned the captivity of Job when he prayed for his friends. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when I realized that in immediately, when I began to pour myself into other people, I felt better about my situation. You know, it wasn't so bleak. It, I still have horrible, had horrible days at that time, but it wasn't quite as bad because I was pouring out. I wasn't just receiving from the Lord. His spirit was flowing through me to minister to those they were going through similar circumstances. So I think for anyone 
at any stage of your loss, any stage of grief, you have something to give. Absolutely. Well, Sister Gayla Harden, I am so honored to have spoken to you today and have you share your story with all of our listeners on Navigating Solo. It has been a blessing. And to those of you who have also gone through this type of loss in your life, you are hearing a lot of similar things um, that Sister Gayla is sharing. I thank you so much for sharing with us your testimony and about your family and about your ministry. And so to all of our listeners on Navigating Solo, we thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. Sister Gayla, thank you so much again. We appreciate you. Thank you. It's been an honor to be with you. Thank you. All right. All right. To all of our Navigating Solo listeners, until next time, God bless. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.